Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello and happy okay-ish Wednesday. Oh my gosh, you guys, wouldn't that be a great hashtag? I literally just thought of that. Hashtag okay-ish Wednesdays. I'm going to use it. I'm Mary Ellen, and I wanted to say thanks so much for joining me today to chat about mental health in this crazy world we live in and how we can all strive to be okay-ish. So if you missed last week's episode, go check it out. Dr. Amy Martinez was on, and she is not only incredibly smart, but she's super fun, really encouraging. And I actually want to let you guys know a secret. We've never met. She lives in California, and we've Zoomed together, but unfortunately, she's enjoying really nice weather 3,000 miles away from where I am. Anyways, in the episode, she talked a lot about how she's a psychodynamic therapist and psychoanalyst. Now, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist. So does that mean we do two different things? Does that mean one of us is smarter or better than the other? Actually, like, what does it mean? I thought I'd take today to explain a little bit about what these things mean. So when you hear words like that, when you get on psychology today to find a therapist and someone has written that they're a psychodynamic therapist, you know, you can brag to all your friends that you actually know what that means. As a reminder for this episode, um, and all episodes actually, this is a very broad overview. None of this podcast is a clinical recommendation. All right, so here's the deal in a nutshell. Since the beginning of psychology, actually, fun fact about the history of psychology, ancient views of mental health thought of it as like evil spirits taking over. And so psychology was a big part of witch hunts and stuff like that because it was thought of as like the devil taking over someone's mind. Thank goodness we've learned a bit more since then, but maybe that's why there's this whole negative stigma against mental health. I'll blame those ancient people for that negative stigma. But anyways, even since the beginning of the psychology field, there have been a few different models or paradigms to describe psychology, to explain what it is, to explain mental illness or mental abnormalities. So an example of this is like there's a biological model. The biological model explains mental illness, that it comes from biology, that it's genes and neurotransmitters and brain circuits and all that fancy brain stuff, and that medicine will help with it. Obviously, there's a lot of research behind the biological model. The biological model is used today because a lot of people take psychotropic medications or basically mental health meds. But that's just one example of like a model of thinking. Another example that maybe you haven't heard of is the sociocultural model, which often says that all mental health abnormalities come from social influences. Another one is the humanistic model that talks about how every human is born good and is working on a path to self-actualization. Makes sense, right? So we have all these different views of why one person has anxiety and another person doesn't, those go along with figuring out what to do about that, figuring out how to help. 
So all of that being said, what I want to talk about today is about the psychodynamic model and the cognitive behavioral model, because that's what we talked about last week on the show. That's probably what you've heard the most about. So I wanted to dive in a little bit. Before I begin, different graduate programs, like graduate schooling programs, often focus on different theoretical orientations, so different models. But every school program is taught a little bit of everything. So for example, my graduate program was primarily focused on cognitive behavioral therapy, but I was still taught all about the other theoretical models and approaches. So I have an understanding about all of it. And then a lot of the time after graduate school, therapists have to do continuing education. So the continuing education often will be specific trainings about specific models to learn more and fine tune their skills and whatnot. So the psychodynamic model, what we've all been waiting for, what Dr. Martinez primarily practices under and what she was talking about last week is the belief that a person's behavior is the function of unconscious dynamic forces. Sounds super fancy, right? What it basically means is that the stuff that happens to us when we are infants and children changes our subconscious. It changes our unconscious thoughts, desires, needs, etc. And then we develop mental health abnormalities based on that. So let me give an example. Let's say someone was adopted at six months old, and now they're 30 years old and suffering from bipolar disorder. A psychodynamic therapist might focus on their childhood. They might focus on the losses that they had in childhood, what happened when they were adopted, all of that stuff to explain the fact that they developed bipolar disorder and to help with that. So remember Freud, the father of psychology? I'm sure you've seen pictures of him with a big white beard, glasses, sitting in some type of fancy leather chair. So he was psychodynamic. He was all about what happened to you when you were a child and how that impacts you as an adult. Freud developed some really interesting stages of development where one stage is literally all about being a child, having this unconscious desire to have sex with your parent. He was definitely a little nutty, but man, he was smart because a lot of his ideals are based in research now and evidence-based and the psychodynamic model is great. I should actually probably pause to take a second to explain what I mean when I say based in research. So maybe you've heard the term evidence-based. I believe I just used that term. This means that there is evidence from research to back something up. Another hypothetical example is if I have anxiety and I go to a psychodynamic therapist for anxiety and psychodynamic therapy is not evidence-based for anxiety, that means that they've tested a bunch of people with anxiety going to psychodynamic therapy, and they haven't gotten better. I'm not going to do that, right? I'm going to be like, oh, this therapy doesn't work. It's not evidence-based. I want evidence-based treatment based in research. I want to know that for other people, this type of therapy has worked for similar things that I'm going through. Makes sense, right? See, it's not just all about feelings. We do have lots of sciencey stuff in there. So now on to the cognitive behavioral model. You will most likely hear about this model talked about as CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. This is primarily what I practice under and what I was taught in school. The cognitive behavioral model says that behavior is a function of how a person thinks and perceives information and that behaviors are determined in large part by someone's life experiences and what they have learned throughout their life. 
All that's kind of a fancy way of saying that the cognitive behavioral model says that an event happens and then we have a thought about that event and that thought leads to a feeling and those feelings lead to behaviors. So this model is all about we can change our thoughts and behaviors. So back to that example of the 30-year-old who was adopted when they were six months old and is struggling with bipolar disorder, a cognitive behavioral therapist might focus on their unhealthy thoughts, right? Their unhealthy behaviors or coping skills that are going on. The, the cognitive behavioral therapist might focus on, oh, why were you taught to self-medicate with alcohol or whatever might be going on? Right, how they have been taught or learned their whole life about how to manage emotions is not necessarily healthy and kind of relearning different ways. So, again, all of these are a very broad overview and very broad examples. But just to give kind of an idea of when people talk about this, I know I'll use these terms a lot. So, we kind of know what we're talking about. So, here's the thing though. And here's one of the big reasons why I'm talking about this. Dr. Martinez and I from last week, we have different theoretical approaches, but that doesn't mean we're all that different. So remember that first episode of this podcast all about myths about therapy? Those still apply. Schooling primarily teaches therapists to be something we like to call integrative which means using a little bit of everything, integrating these ideas together. Just because I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist doesn't mean I don't talk about people's childhoods. I talk about people's childhoods all the time, right? And just because Dr. Martinez is a psychodynamic therapist does not mean that she doesn't talk about people's unhealthy behaviors. Therapists with different theoretical approaches may think about things differently, may understand things differently. We may even focus on different things during sessions. But do we sometimes ask the same questions to clients? Yup. Do we both understand that some issues stem from a psychodynamic place and some issues stem from a cognitive behavioral place? Oh, yeah. Do we all still talk to our clients about the funny thing our dogs did that morning? You betcha. Absolutely. We just understand things a little bit differently. We have a little bit of different styles and approaches. We think about things a little bit differently. And guess what? That's a really good thing. It means that if I am stuck with a client, meaning that the client isn't really progressing and I just am not sure what to do to help, Dr. Martinez would be a great person to be able to offer me her perspective, which might be different than mine and be able to help and vice versa. Now, I do want to mention that there are some forms of therapy that are very, very specific. Dr. Martinez discussed a bit about a specific form of psychoanalysis that is timed. For example, come once a week for eight weeks, and this is the specific thing that we're working on, and this what will what will be better by then. That's not as common. Dr. Martinez does that with some of her psychodynamic and psychoanalytic therapy. But most often people go to therapy in more of an open-ended way, in more of a way of, I'm going to call a therapist because I am struggling with A, B, and C, and we're going to discuss it together and figure out what may be helpful, how often I should go see them, what goals I want to work on, that type of thing. Now, there's another really big piece of this puzzle that I want to share. When I am with a client, I am not thinking, ooh, should I say something CBT-based or psychodynamic-based? That's not really how it works. 
Actually, in the first few months I was ever a therapist, I was so worried about sounding smart and using these fancy theories and terms and, you know, name dropping people like Freud and fancy people. And guess what happened? I wasn't listening to a word my clients were saying. I was so busy focused on, hmm, what fancy term can I throw out there to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about? That backfired quickly because this may come as a shock, but a big part of my job, a big part of any therapist's job is listening. It's actually really shocking that I ever became a therapist because I really love to talk too. But the whole point of being taught these models and approaches is not to be like me when I was first a therapist, trying to think about that and not listening to clients and just worried about sounding smart. The whole point is not to fit clients into a box, right? It's not to say, oh, here's the formula for working with this client. Do A, B, and C, and then you'll be good. It's a lot more complicated than that. The whole point is really to just teach us therapists how to think differently how to understand things in a different way. So when a client says something to me, I'm able to understand and kind of theorize why they're saying that, what's going on that led them to say that, why they're feeling the way they're feeling, what's underneath the surface, right? What led the person to their behaviors or lifestyle that's kind of hurting them and not helping them at all. But guess what? All these different theories have a few really important things in common. The first thing that they have in common is the goal for any therapist and any of these theoretical models is for the person or the client to be asymptomatic, meaning no symptoms, meaning whatever's troubling them, they feel better. As much as I joke about getting paid extra when people cry in sessions, we want people to feel better. That's the goal. That's the end game. Another thing that all these theories have in common is that without a good, trusting, and open therapeutic relationship, therapy won't work. Literally like 80% of therapy, I totally just made that statistic up. I promise. (laughs) That's not true, but I promise it's a lot is all based on the therapeutic relationship. And I think I've talked about that before. Finding a good fit, finding a personality style that matches yours, finding someone you feel comfortable with to share and to open up and to be vulnerable, that matters across whatever theoretical model your therapist is using or has been taught. There are lots of different types of therapy too. I went over some big broad ones today. And as we get more into things, I'll do episodes here and there, kind of teaching a little bit more about the behind the scenes of what these things mean. But for now, when you hear someone say that they're in psychodynamic therapy or they are in CBT, you can actually know what that means and know that these terms aren't really scary at all and know what they're actually referring to. Because not knowing, it sounds kind of scary and intimidating. But they're not scary at all. It's literally just what we're taught in school. Hopefully, you can walk away from today's episode understanding a little bit more about what we are taught as therapists, how we think a little bit, and that we truly want people to be okay-ish. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests.
If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.